Hello, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Crystal. I am Crystal Grafton Combs, host of this podcast and international president of Alpha Omicron Pi Fraternity. Originally started in 2019, Coffee Talk is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Here, we will talk about life, leadership, sisterhood, and so much more. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to the next episode. Today's episode features Brenna McNeil, an initiated member of our Beta Sigma chapter at Boise State University. Brenna just returned home from the Tokyo Olympics where she served as a translator, and she sat down with me to share a little bit about the experience. Brenna, how are you? Great, how are you? I am doing really well. I am so excited for you to join me on this podcast. Thank you so much for asking me. It was that was like I was like, oh my gosh, no way. So when you popped up on my newsfeed, I was like, I have to find this young woman because this is a fun, fun story. Yes, thank you. Yes. So, okay, the first thing that I always do when I invite guests to the podcast is we start at the very beginning, and that is how you became an AOPI. So, please tell me your AOPI story. Yeah, so um, I go to Boise State University. Um, Sorry, if you hear meowing in the background, it's my cat. Um, It's okay, cats are welcome here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I go to Boise State University, and I knew from the beginning that I was interested in rushing and going through Greek life. And so um, my family, we've never really had any Greek life background. Like, I don't have any relatives that have um that are in Greek life and so I really just heard a lot about it from my friends who were in school and who had rushed and stuff and so I was just going in kind of with an open mind not having any background knowledge about it beforehand and just like experiencing everything especially because I rushed during COVID and so our rush was completely virtual we didn't get to meet in person until the day and even during the day it was very limited we only had small groups and we would go out and like do something small together we ended up going to like an ice cream place downtown which was still really fun and I got a chance to meet some of the new members and some of the current members which was really awesome but it was just a totally different experience than what I expected but I'm so glad that I ended up in AOPI because just when I was listening to all of the like we were watching videos about all of the chapters and stuff and just seeing that AOPI what had arthritis as their philanthropy that was really great and what really connected with me was our chapter has a second philanthropy sister for sisters for soldiers and I'm a military brat and so I really just loved that about it and I really connected with that and um, during recruitment, one of the first members that I got to talk to, she was also a military brat. And so we just like hit it off right from there. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely, I can see myself being part of AOPI and stuff. So, yeah. I love the fact that you made a connection one-to-one with people. You talked about how it was such a different experience. 
I know that COVID had a lot to do with that, right? Because it it was a different experience for all of yeah. us. Yeah. But tell me, in addition to COVID, what most surprised you about the sorority experience? I think just the effort that all of the members were putting into making it as great of an experience as possible considering the circumstances. It was just really great to see that our chapter was being safe while still putting on these events for our members to participate in and still at least get to know each other, especially for the newer members and us not having been able to completely meet everyone. Um, that was something I really appreciated and I just really enjoyed it. And I think I really made myself dive into the experience and just immerse myself in everything because I knew that was going to get me out of my comfort zone and just make me be more active in college and participating in everything. Well, so let's talk about your participation in everything because that is what <laughs> brought you to me. You just had what I would consider an experience of a lifetime. Yeah. So for people who do not know, I will provide a very, very brief intro in that you are likely still getting adjusted to time zone re-entry oh, yeah. Um, yeah. because you have just returned from the Olympic Games in Tokyo as a translator. Yeah. So I would love to even know like how that interest began. I mean, I think people hear it and they're like, how in the world do you yeah. even land that kind of opportunity? So please walk me through all of the yeah, things. Of course. So um, kind of a background, I was born and raised in Germany. And so I grew up speaking German and English at the same time. And so um, I have a very extensive knowledge of the German language. And so when I heard that the Olympics was going to be in Tokyo, I was really excited about that. And kind of in the back of my mind, I thought about being a volunteer, but I didn't think it would actually happen. And so um, I came across the application one day and I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to just fill it out for the heck of it. And so I did that. And then they asked about our knowledge on languages. And so I listed that I spoke English and German. I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not enough to fully be able to interpret or translate. Um, and then the tiniest bit of Japanese, but um, for the Olympics in Tokyo, the three main languages that they were focusing on were Japanese, English, and French, because I think um, English and French are like the main Olympic languages, um, what I believe. And then they have the host nation's language. Basically from there, I was contacted about attending kind of an interview session and getting to know the basics of what their main goals were for the Olympics. And then I was later contacted to attend a interpreting seminar and so basically they had a professional interpreter come in and teach us all these different tips and tricks on how to easily like take notes and help basically make interpreting easier when you're in the mixed zone with the athletes and you're there with the press and just translating and everything so that was a really cool thing and I got to sit with a German table and I was the only foreigner that spoke 
German. The rest of them were actually German natives living in Japan. So they were like really surprised that me being an American in Japan speaking German is not something you really come across very much. Um, but they were very impressed with my German knowledge. And so I was very happy about that. And it gave me a chance to just meet other people who like could speak the language and just being able to speak it more often was really great because being in Japan, I would mostly speak English with my family and all of my friends and stuff. And so it was nice to kind of change it up a bit and be able to speak German. But yeah, I just, it was really shocking for me to like go up on our volunteer website once they had announced that our roles were published and just see like, I'm going to be a language assistant at the Olympics. I was like, there is no way this is actually happening. <laughs> like, I was just so surprised and I was like, so excited and just ready for it to get rolling and stuff. So yeah. So then talk to me about the time frame. Like, when did you apply for this? Like, the first time it came up and you thought, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. So I think, I can't exactly remember. Applications probably came out around the end of 2017. And I think I applied around that same time. And then they officially sent out the invitations for interviews around the end of 2018. And so I went to that in November and then the beginning of 2019 is when we started having more training sessions and then um, getting into 2020, we received our roles and stuff. And then literally right after we, we received our roles, we found out that the Olympics were going to be postponed because of the COVID. Sure. So, so, yeah. So I did not mishear you when you said this process began in 2017. Like this wasn't... Yeah, from what I can remember, yeah. Yeah, this wasn't a few months. This was a few no. years in the making. Yes. Okay, so, so you find out in early 2020, which of course we now know did not happen. Yeah. And then you're just sort of in limbo, I guess, until they decide yeah. what happens next. It was, that was a very confusing time for me because I graduated from high school in 2019. And so I was expecting to like go to school and then be able to come back for the Olympics in 2020. And I ended up taking a gap year. And I think that ended up being a good thing in the long run because then it, it gave me some time to think. And I was able to then apply to go to Boise State and I went to Boise State and then, um, it just ended up working out where I could come back in time around April um, yeah, of this year. And then we had some more virtual training sessions and training videos that we would do. And then um, more, starting in May, we had some in-person training events where we could go to the venue and take a tour and learn the logistics and everything. And then end of July, we just started working. So, yeah. Okay, so when you say the end of July, you just started working, you mean in Tokyo at the Olympics? Yes, yes. Okay, so then talk to me about that. You have mentioned that you were on site with the athletes, you were in interviews with them. Like, what What is that experience like? It's very, like, the first moment I was there with the athletes, it's very kind of like, 
like I was just starstruck there for a moment because I was like oh my gosh I'm in front of these world-class Olympians and so I had to just kind of take a moment to myself to just kind of compose myself and be ready to just be there right with them and ready to interpret for press because um, a majority of the German athletes spoke English really well. So they sometimes would split up the English and German press. And so I wouldn't need to help out then, but if they were together, then um, they would answer some questions in English and then they would answer the rest of the questions in German. And so I would interpret for the English press while they were speaking in German. Um, But it was, just so crazy because just like I never would have thought I'd be like right there with athletes and it's it's cool to see them and just like when they're coming out after a match and say like congratulations if they won like but maybe better luck next time if they didn't and they would always be very nice and just like say a little quick word back at you and I think those moments were really exciting because like, oh my gosh, like they actually noticed me. They, they spoke to me. Um, and so I had a few times with some of the German athletes, I was able to take a picture with the German men's uh, beach volleyball team, which was really awesome. And my favorite team was the German, one of the German women's volleyball um, team, Laura Ludwig and uh, Margareta Kotuch. And um, they were knocked out in the quarterfinals I believe yes quarterfinals and um they were actually doing really well during the interviews after that match and so I just kind of like went up to them and as volunteers we get these pins when every time we check in for our shift and so I had two of these gold pins and so I gave them the pins and in German I said in my heart you won gold and they were so sweet and they said thank you so much for your support and everything and so that was a really sweet moment and something that I'll just remember for the rest of my life and that whole experience. Oh my goodness, you just made me teary-eyed and gave me chills all at the same time. So I was going to ask you, what was your most starstruck moment? Like, when were you just in that moment of awe? But it seems like it may have been with these women on the German Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. The the first interview that I went through with them, through the mixed zone, um, which is where they usually come off right after they come out of their match, and then they have this area for broadcast and press interviews. And so I got to basically just walk through that entire thing with them. And um, all of the interviews were either in German or English. And so um, I didn't end up having to interpret for them, but I just got to stand right there next to them, just listening to all of the interviews and stuff that they were having. And it was just so cool. I was like, I'm right here with these athletes listening to this stuff. And it's, it's just so amazing. Oh my goodness. So I have to ask you, how tall were these women? Oh my gosh. Um, I think, I can't remember exactly in like, um, like feet or anything, but like meters in the metric system. Uh, like I think one of them was two meters. The other one was like one, 180. 
Oh, or, yeah. goodness. So, yeah, they're pretty tall, yeah. Well, because we see when they're showing stats and everything, and, and I was tracking our women's volleyball team, of course, and and mm-hmm. they're making their way through. And these women are like 5'11", 6 yeah. feet, 6'2". And yeah. I'm not a short woman. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that yeah is- like I, I'm 5'6", around that, and myself, and I'm just like standing there next to them, just kind of like looking up and I'm like, oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) And especially with the men's teams, they're like even taller and it's just like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So I do have to ask you, how do you say congratulations in German? Um, So there's a couple ways, but I would usually say uh, gratulierungs or or, um, gut gemacht or yeah, something around that, yeah. That's really outstanding. Now tell me, did you get to leave the Tokyo, I'm going to call it a complex, but like the area of the Olympics at all? Yeah, so um, my family, we actually live in a city um, south of Tokyo. It's called Kamakura, and it's actually a very touristy city, um, but it's about an hour and a half train ride up to Tokyo. So I would go back and forth every time I would be working, um, but I didn't have too many days that I was like working consecutively. I usually have a day or two in between to take a break, but um the train systems in Japan are perfect. Like I love it. It's so easy to get around. So I really didn't have a problem going up and down. So, yeah. So just so that I understand your Mm -hmm. family is now living outside of Tokyo. Yes. Yes. May I assume that it is because of the military background? Yes. So, um, we, there's a Navy base in Yokosuka, Japan. And so that's about, 20 minutes away from the city that we live in. So um, a lot of military members usually live off um, off base, um, depending on how what jobs they have. Um, there's a whole bunch of logistics to that, but yeah. So when you say you have returned for college, you mean returned from Japan to the United States to yes. go to Boise yeah. State. Like that's quite a journey. That's yeah. not <laughs> up the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. So how long have you all been in Japan? We've been there since the summer of 2010. Mm. And then before that, we were in Germany, and that's where I was born and raised. So I've pretty much been living overseas my entire life. And um, my freshman year and this year have been like my first experiences actually living stateside besides coming back for the summers for like a quick vacation or something like that so then I'm going to change a question I was going to ask you okay yeah maybe I will ask them both I was going to say what was maybe the most intriguing fun food find that you had while you were in Tokyo so I do want to know that but then I also am curious to know what you find fun and fascinating in that realm here in the states now that you've been here oh my gosh yes okay so japanese food i people always get on me for this but i'm not the biggest fan of sushi but they do have this thing called yakiniku which is kind of like korean barbecue but you basically go into the restaurant and they have this tiny grill on the table and you can sometimes it's um 
like a serve yourself. Other times you have to like order the food, but you basically get raw meat, vegetables, fish, whatever you want, and you bring it to the table and then you just cook it there right in front of you. And it is the best thing ever. I absolutely love that. It's so good. And then I guess whenever I come back to the States, I always love getting some good carne asada tacos. Those are the bomb. I love those. So good. I love this too. (laughs) That is amazing. Brenna, tell me, you are obviously very adventuresome in spirit. I love this for you. Tell me what do you think will be one of the lessons that you learned or the experiences that you will take with you from the Tokyo Olympics that you think will just go with you forward in life? Honestly, I think not not necessarily a lesson, but just remembering to be open with people because there's just, in the Tokyo Olympics, there's just so many people from so many different backgrounds and you get to learn so much about all of these different cultures and stuff and it was just so much fun. And especially being a language services volunteer, there were so many of us who spoke different languages and we would just tell our stories about where we came from and like what our plans are. And it's just so awesome to just hear about everyone and just like what they're about and stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. Now let's talk about what's next for you. Will this be your second year at Boise State? Yes. Yes. I'm going into my sophomore year. Okay, and you are doing what for your major, your area of interest in school? I am a German secondary education major, and I'm minoring in global studies. So it's a very world type thing. I really want to use that to hopefully go back overseas and be a teacher. My mom's a teacher, and she teaches for Dodds, which is basically where you're a teacher on the military base. And um, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. And there's a lot of great benefits with that. And I would just love to be back overseas and living and teaching there. Yeah. I feel like all of this fits so beautifully with everything you have said so far. Brenna, the first thing I want to say before we end our conversation is thank you for your service. I know that everyone immediately thinks about the service member in someone's family, and while that remains 100% true, it also impacts every member of the family, the spouses, the children, the partners, all of the great people that make that life work. So the first thing I will say is thank you for your service, and please extend the same to your family. But also thank you for joining me today. I find this to be one of the most amazing things about our sisterhood is it connects me to women like you. And as you well know, in AOPI, we seek to inspire ambition. And I 100% believe that you are doing that every step of the way. So thank you for joining me today and for this amazing conversation. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. I really loved this. This was so awesome. Thank you. And for everyone out there listening, as always, thank you. Until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm